0: And, uh, that was on too. It was clean. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's amazing how much time you spend.
0: Damn!
2: What happened?
1: Uh, just shit. it Battery died. Trapped out. Technical yeah, technical difficulties. All right, everybody warm now? We're warm. All, right. all right.
3: Jim, Jim's gone. Uh, no. <laughs> Are we done? No. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: all right. Podcast number thirteen coming to you live from Orlando Mobile Tech Expo two thousand and fourteen. I have a massive crew with me. The end all be all of detailing community is now sitting at the table with me right now. From my left, Bob Phillips from PNS Sales. Say hi, oh, Bob.
5: Thank you, Larry. Privileged to be here with uh, Ammo NYC, Larry the Celebrity. Right? Oh, good. <laughs> that's
1: the way to start. Yeah. To his left, we have the Doctor, Doctor Beasley, Jim LeFebre. 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 Oh you. That's the tenth time I've done that. LeFebre. LeFebre from dr beasley thanks for uh thanks for coming on
4: it's french for the sick so
1: so uh i was playing with uh, the podcast before this and we did about three minutes and it didn't record so what i'm going to say is we're going to make jim feel really uncomfortable throughout this entire podcast so I'm very excited we're staring about that. At you. Yes, we're staring at you, making <laughs> you feel uncomfortable.
3: Everybody on the radio is staring at you.
1: Yes. <laughs> to my right, you—you—you've heard him before. The main man, Renny Doyle from Detailing Success.
3: Larry, what's up? Main man, you're the main man. Uh, yes. That Scotty next to me. He's pretty. He's pretty, he's pretty main.
1: He—he—he—he he, he, he is a man. He is. He's pretty main. To man. his right, we have Scotty Perkins. You've heard him way too many times on the podcast. He is a veteran. How many times have you been on Two or three times? Seven. Seven times? Seven years I've been the dolphin trainer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: three, three times? <laughs> the third
1: time? Yeah, it's the third time. And to his right, we have Jason Rose from Maguire's, the podcast number 11 and 12 the most downloaded podcast of the M O N Y C podcast now series I feel like
2: you're jabbing me
1: brother. that's that's what i'm doing
2: so after after you just introduced me as being on two podcasts and you had to stick that in my room i had to do that just so you know jason is next to you his podcast the
0: most downloaded
2: podcast.
1: he is way cooler than you are wow. Yours was a
0: i can't argue with that but just just to give you credit, you have a better radio face than I have. Oh,
5: <laughs> I'm getting hit from... I'm getting shots fired from all sides. What would you say? Radio
2: face? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You just spit. Shots fired off me. Shots across the bow there. All
1: right. So we're at the Mobile Tech Expo. It's an amazing event. And uh, Jason was talking about how cool it was, and then I forgot to hit the record button. So pretend like we didn't just have this conversation five seconds ago and how was or how is the mobile tech expo well
0: i'm pleased to experience this year the increase in attendance at the show and i was told that we had like 20 to 30 percent more vendors in the main hall so new venue for this uh, show i've been doing this show i don't know seven seven years now and uh, keeps growing bigger and bigger every time i come and uh, it's great to be here with the detail community uh, it's a good good opportunity to get together with detailers and suppliers and manufacturers. It's so, yeah.
1: super exciting. And uh, yesterday, I'm going to focus right on you, big man. I keep looking at you. <laughs> Jim uh, did a really cool seminar. Give us a brief uh, recap of what was going on there.
4: Basically, we talked about branding and customer experience for a detail shop o- owner and how to be successful, in increasing your profits and revenues.
1: He's yeah, getting a massage you, at the same time. You.
4: We're loosening playing. him up. Hey, no. Come on. Uh, just helping people, uh, de- detail owners, improve their, their, their customer service experience. Yeah.
1: See, that's what's so cool about Mobile Tech Expo. You can come to, there's, I don't know how many, 60 classes? 50, 60, oh, yeah. at least. Yeah. And wow. everything from marketing and branding and Jim's uh, Jim seminar all the way to Jason Rose on how to remove defects. And, and uh, Mike Phillips and everyone, you, uh, and Rennie had, what was your uh, cl- class about?
3: Basically, it was kind of off center a little bit where we talked about uh, kind of the personal side of detailing, of uh, what it's going to take personality-wise and mm-hmm. uh, bringing your personality uh, and, and your personal life into detailing and making sure that while you're building a business, you're building a life. Because how many of us are addicted to entrepreneurship and we kind of forget about the happiness and uh it was and balance a weird message. you know the cool, balance
0: balancing work it and was personal it was heads. and it was
3: something you know i actually had a really different presentation made and i was i was over in europe and i kind of connected with my 15 year old daughter and uh i changed it I, I completely pulled it apart and put it in a new direction i think from the sounds of it it, it touched some people so yeah. And it obviously, Scotty, touched you because you're now touching me, and I don't like it.
0: <laughs>
3: this is gonna be good. We're digging on Scotty. <laughs> I'm
5: getting angry
1: now.
0: Oh, here we go. <laughs> not gonna here be we good go. For anybody.
2: <laughs>
1: so a few minutes ago, uh, before this, uh, Jason, you put on a uh, an event in the parking lot, the oh. famous parking lot. Yes. And you talked about the, your new cutting pads, the ones that have. What's the number? I don't even know what the name of them are. It's brand new. Oh, it's
0: DMX Extra Cut Microfiber Disc.
1: So explain the difference between the normal microfiber cutting disc, the one that's been out for a while, wildly Uh successful, to the new one, and why you guys changed.
0: Yeah, when we launched the DA Microfiber Correction System, it was a two-step process, two liquids, two discs, and uh, the new additions this year we added to expand the capability of the system was uh, this new Extra Cut Disc, which uh, offers... 20 to 25% more defect removal um, and can be used on a whole variety of DA tools. And we also launched a DA polish as uh, you know, part of the seminars we did this weekend. You learn the variance in paint hardness. So some paints are really soft, and this DA polish is for that scenario where you're on super soft paint. It's pretty
1: amazing. I mean, I've used the microfiber cutting pad for a long time now. And I've always wanted a little bit more cut. So you do things like on the roofs polisher, you t- you take the top off, you know, the uh, backing plate off, and you put the uh, washer in to get a little bit more cut. And yeah. now it's nice to actually have a, a pad that can do that. So the pad plus the washer in the Rube's polisher, I mean, you've basically created a rotary safe rotary non swirl yeah. uh, polisher. You know, it's so to interesting speak. You say I'm using air quotes on the radio, by the way. Which a <laughs> little,
0: little more cut. I've been. Been in this business, you know, over thirty years, and it seems like we've always wanted just a, just little, a little more. more. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a what little more. What do you think more. about cars? The Cars are the same way. We, if
1: we could just get like <laughs> just ten more horsepower. More, yeah. We're gonna have eight hundred horsepower. You can do absolutely nothing I mean, with on the
0: road. It. It's mean, like are pretty
3: sure you know, we're gonna have a compound that polishes, and it we won't have to do anymore. Or,
0: well, or or we're gonna turn every car into DeLoreans, you know. This you know, this is all true. The paint off. <laughs> Some Th- people be doing that. This
1: leads me into something. In one of your seminars, you talked about uh, what was it? I can't even remember the uh, smart paint or uh, whatever paint. Remember the the girl uh, jumped self-healing? up. Oh, oh, self healing. self healing. Yes, thank the you, Randy. Self healing paint. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that and the uh, the myth and the lure in the.
0: Well, you know. I think, you know, self-healing, uh, which I, I think it's Nissan and Infiniti are yeah. kind of going forward with that. I don't know if any other brands are, of cars are going forward with it. But it's, um, it's an attempt at trying to have a top coat that, you know, will basically repair itself of scratches. And um, I think some of it is marketing spin and some of it is a real difference in the, in the clear coat. Um, but clear coat, you know, is elastic. And I think what the paint manufacturers, at least what they told me, is they're playing with that elasticity. And if you increase the elasticity so much that things like um, ambient temperature or substrate temperature can actually not reflow the paint, obviously, but can actually lay it down and let it stretch down. Um, so that was kind of the approach to that. Cell phone so in theory, you know, you'd you yeah. pull the, if
1: there was a scratch, you'd pull it outside in the sun. It would heat up and it up would just lay
0: down and you know, go away visually. You
1: but know? repairing that is probably more of a nightmare yeah, than
0: yeah. It, I think um, sometimes the paint companies they experiment and try new things on clear coats and uh, and some of it causes new challenges and new struggles for detailers. Um, you know when ceramic, you know SRC paint first came out. That through a loop to detailers, and we had to adjust our technique a little bit. And so, you know, the healing paint thing is the same scenario. It's, and if you can imagine, a uh, not a rubber like, but it, that's what it reminds me of when I'm on it, it feels like rubber paint to me. It does. that I mean, I can't it describe it any other way, but so you're kind of. It's like a soft feels, bed liner material or something uh, like that. Right, it's funky. Yeah, it's funky. Yeah.
1: So, what happens when you actually polish it? Like, describe a little bit more. Like, does it turn hazy? Is it something? Yeah, is, can you can you, not you can scuff it?
0: it pretty easy. So you got to be gentle with it, and you you um, you definitely don't want to heat it up with friction. Yeah, uh, you can heat it up with heat lamps and stuff like that, and get it to lay down. But you know, you don't want to you don't want to scour this paint because it will be very difficult to remove.
3: Well, the colors are so various. If you get a black, you know, a two thousand nine uh, Nissan GTR. I think you had experience. Yeah, right. You know, if you if you again if you put too much pressure down, heat, super heat it up. Uh, we've gone backwards on the self healing where we're doing a lot of of, of wet polishing uh, to keep the temperatures down. Yes. So it doesn't he- yeah. it heat up. Right. And uh, we've used um, various you know anything from M100 uh, to 205, mm-hmm. uh, depending on one the, on the defect layer. What
1: are you sanding um, it with though? What
3: grit? You know, Sandy, uh, Sandy <laughs> on that is I've, I've done. Uh,
1: Meaning, are you going like crazy, one thousand, and you're no, going all no, the way up to you, five thousand, uh, or finish, are you
0: probably finishing grits? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah I, You know, I've sanded. I've gone. I've done fifteen hundred on them. I've been. I've been. Uh, I haven't found one beat up enough to where I could get permission to go any more than that. Uh, fifteen was. It was. It was doable. Uh, and then you back that up with you know a two and a three. Um, I found out actually on the self healings if you go on, into the four and five levels. It's actually, then it's easier to, to,
0: to correct it even out. from there. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you are not have to hammer it so hard after exactly. that. Exactly. Right. So,
3: it, you know, the, the closer you can get, I mean, if you've got really heavy defect uh, that you got to remove, uh, key scratches, stuff like that, a compound's going to probably be in call. But if, you, if you're if you just taking swirls out, there's a better way to go about it. You're really only having to go with, your, I, I changed my pad up, so I'll go with a, uh, uh, a mild product yeah. and a semi-aggressive pad. And then back myself back exactly.
0: out. Exactly. I mean, that's the adjustment you got to make on that paint.
1: Yeah, and you, we Easy were having technology. dinner the other night, and you were mentioning something. It just came to me now. What was it? The cruise or something? That story was pretty yeah, amazing. The,
0: you know, the, the whole uh,
3: a lot of Detroit, and I think it's going to be worldwide. Is um, we're uh, we're going to see we're going to what they're calling low tech paints at the manufacturer level, to where they're going non baked. Hmm. Um, they're yeah. taking and, and 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 getting energy out of the factory. And Jason, you'd be what, what are they t- currently? Baking cars at at in Detroit. Oh,
0: 450 Yeah, I mean, high temps. So we're now three eighty, four fifty. Now you're looking yeah. at one hundred twenty five,
3: maybe one forty five, for a very short duration. Yeah. Uh, but the paints are thicker, uh, and they're they're, you know, so far there's a little more dirt in them than than what we're used to seeing. Um, but and I, Larry, I almost feel like I'm not looking at you. No, but, that's fine. Uh, you know. Uh, but we're seeing a little more dirt. This, this is, is your actually, best side, by yeah, the way. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but there's, there's, uh, you know, it, it, it's again. If we go back, you know, some of us have been in this trade long enough. We remember the transition from uh, single stage to clear, to clear coats, coats, yeah. and it was going to be real problematic. And it really wasn't for the savvy detailer. Uh, these new uh, non-bake paints. It, it's just a new, it's a new era, and we've just got to adjust to it.
1: Yeah, and you were talking a little bit about how it saves a half a million a month in yeah, we were like, giving, heat. Yeah.
3: cost or something exactly we're we're we've got a little in with with chrysler uh ngm and they uh they're telling us that their energy cost at a plant that they've switched this system over to that can save them a half million dollars in utility cost a month
0: yeah
1: that's a lot of that's a lot of loot right there
3: it is so i you know i'm, I'm sure from their perspective the money savings is part of it but the energy savings on 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 the green side of it's not a bad idea i don't blame them i do the same thing
0: well and uh, for carp Car manufacturers, the paint booth um, represents kind of a bottleneck for them. You know, things move along fairly quickly, and it gets to the paint booth and slows down. And if they have issues, then they got to pull cars off the line. And so they're all constantly looking for ways to speed up, you know, paint drying. <laughs> for you know, sure. Just yeah. kind, of, kind of get that process down faster. That's it.
3: You know, I, you yeah. know what I think we need to do, Jim. Sitting here watching.
1: I know we need to put pressure on him. Yeah, we haven't spoken to him We need, to get,
3: fr- we need to get Jim. We
4: need to get Jim. Look at that. <laughs>
1: What's your favorite color, Jim?
4: Do we ask the manufacturers? They're painting these cars, and then they have to be buffed right after that. Yeah. So what are they doing with these these scratch-resistant finishes?
3: They're, you know, Nissan on that one, we, we had the opportunity that my next-door neighbor owned a uh, series of Nissan stores. And in 2009, when, when the GTRs came out, um, their uh, recon department buffed them up to put them onto the— uh, on the showroom floor and couldn't get the buff marks out. I mean, it was it was bad. It was really bad. Um, it was about a two-day learning process for me to go in and and, and, and just do test spots and everything else. I'm and sure. the way
1: you solved that was doing uh, wet sanding?
3: No. We, we actually on those were able to correct using a combination. Back then, uh, if I recall, this is, you know, 09, uh, we had uh, I think what ended up working was a, uh, a relatively a 205. And then going up into an orange pad. Uh, and it was we, we slowed the speeds down, we slowed the pressure down, and we 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 micro it was micro sized areas uh, that we polished. And so and we damp we damp polished. And Jason, yeah. you probably Scotty, did you have you done much damp or wet polishing? You're you're younger than me, so
2: not that much younger.
3: No? Yeah, the that was just better looking. You are. You are. <laughs> um you
2: no, know, we haven't really messed around with it that much, but
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure Jason. Uh, you know, back in the day, it was uh, wet, pol- wet polishing or, or wet compounding was was there was kind of a rave for a yeah. while back in the '70s and '80s. But that's how we we went about it because we didn't know anybody. We don't. We, we can damp polish now on the on the self healings. Um, <laughs> I, it was such a mess in oh nine and it was brand new that we, we, we literally wet the whole car down. I mean we kept it wet yeah because we we're having so many problems. Yeah. Hey, Jason I got a question for you. You were talking oh, about self
5: healing sure. clears. It was interesting to me. You're saying that you know when it gets to elevated temperature, it heals. How does that how does that clear coat perform in the Arizona sun? <laughs> I mean I mean the you know- surface temperature of a clear coat in the Arizona sun gets up to
0: what? Oh one hundred and eighty?
3: Yeah, two hundred. Well, you yeah. did a whole
0: seminar oh, yeah. on, on environment, 20, and that was one of my big questions. Twenty or two hundred plus temps on the hood. I thought yeah. it was interesting is you're saying yeah. it's going to heal at you know 120,
5: 130. I mean, is it so it's going to flow off the car?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. it works that way. But uh, to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with that clear coat. I usually get involved when a detailer has gotten themselves in trouble, and then they start calling people for help. And I'm usually, my experience mostly with the self-healing pain is on the phone, trying to troubleshoot and coach, you know, detailers through repairing some damage that they put into the clear. And, uh, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't recall any calls at all from a detailer in the desert states like Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico. I don't recall it ever getting a call, so maybe maybe the paint uh, takes care of itself. Exactly, you don't need to detail <laughs> it. It's just
5: smooth all the time because the heat, right? Yeah. I
1: have a question that just came in from the precarious guy kneeling behind the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the table. There, Richard Lynn, we'll we'll get him on too. His question is uh, talking about self-healing paint. Self-healing paint loses healing, uh, I guess, ability after two to three years, then becomes rock hard. What do you do after that? What do you do then?
0: Ah, that's that's a new one to me. That's information. Do you have the answer to that, know. Richard Lynn?
3: It
1: just be yeah. So essentially, you know, the self healing so pain. We, we had
3: we had we've got a 2009 that we that we maintain on a regular basis, and and Richard hit it on the head. It's the dynamics of the self healing does change. Uh, this one goes into uh, the the particular car, uh, the particular car that we're talking about goes into the desert. So it's down in Palm Springs for part of its life. Uh, very hot and it. It has it has gotten a lot. It's it's more brittle. Now, when that car was all brand new in 09, you could actually take and dig your fingernail on a, on a warm day. You could you could, dig, uh, you yeah. could dip, ding it just a little bit. Yeah. You could put pressure down on the paint. Now, to Richard's point, is that it's, you know, five years old, four or five years old, is that, that you, you, you can't do that anymore. not, yeah. But when it's hot, I'll play with that this summer when we get it back up there. It's You know, it's down in the desert right now. When it's warm, it'll be interesting to see now that it's four or five years old, what it will do on a hot day if it's still pliable like that? So that, that's interesting, Richard.
0: But now this clear we're talking about, um, you know, percentage wise, it's actually not on a lot of cars. But you know, we're talking about it because it's an interesting issue that's come up. Well, Nissan changed it 2011. Yeah. It's it's
3: no longer we don't we don't that's have to worry about it anymore. They backed out of it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Why do you think I they did... did that? Just massive because they couldn't everybody. fix it.
2: <laughs> I've got an interesting question about that. Do you remember the uh, self-healing paint that they had on the, the infinities back in the early 90s?
0: Early 90s. Um. So we, had,
2: we had some issues. I opened my shop in 93, and we had uh, several infinities come in that were just awful yep. wrecked, and we couldn't do anything with them, with the supposed self-healing paint, where customers would come in and say, well, this is supposed to go away on its own, and it never did. And
3: well, you, the paint was even, just brutal. Even back in 03, is... is uh, Honda had a, uh, and we just found it on a Porsche, on a 2014 Porsche, is they have a uh, tinted clear over the the top. So you've got a clear coat that's tinted, and the tint comes off. So we we just had a... uh, So
1: when you're buffing, does it feel like you're doing a single stage? Or does well, it, does not, it not come quite out?
0: as much color comes out on these these yeah. tinted clears. You get just a little bit of color come out, and then that's that's getting more popular. There's a lot more tinted clears coming out,
3: and it's really that to get that to get the paint right, it's a serious challenge. And uh, and the 3 Honda, if you have a uh, if you if you're doing an 3 Honda or Acura that is pearl white, we had one of our guys in Arkansas call me up and he says, "Hey, I got a little problem. What do you know about the 3 pearl white hondas and i said uh it's a tinted clear and it comes off he says i now have a pure white snow white door oh. as he stripped it came straight off and honda even though the car was 10 years in 20 and in, in 2010 honda took care of it hmm. because they knew there was a problem yeah. with it hmm. so that's coming back all of a sudden now we're getting a manufacturer um i recently got i was in the uh the porsche factory in germany I got to talk to one of the repainters there that's in a recon center. Right. And I asked him about the 2014s of being attended clear, and uh, his comment
0: was no comment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which, not- which says a lot yeah. right there. That's, yeah. It's the
1: same sort of concept as the matte finish clears. I mean, the you know, the matte finishes, and now they have matte finish on the clear coat, but they also have matte finish, uh, you know, paint. It's the same sort of concept of we're trying to do new things with paint, but yeah. there's really no... Hasn't really worked out the way that it should. I mean, I interviewed a bunch of guys from BMW in uh, one of the Drive Clean episodes, and a good—I good, could—I told Scotty a good 42 minutes on camera, and me just kind of kind of angling him and boxing in the corner you know verbally <laughs> i'm trying to get him in th- and and figure out and I, I couldn't squeeze the answer out we turned it out we, it turned out to be like 32 seconds worth of interview because like th- th- there was nothing to say yeah i was like what do you do when the mat finished paint and there's a scratch on it yeah. i said we have the world's greatest detailers here that can get out any scratch yeah tell me and it yeah. was like <laughs> like crickets there we are looking over at the cameraman like uh what do i do now <laughs> so essentially yeah it's the same kind of idea where people are trying to do new things and come out with new things, but maybe not uh, solution. I think the solution uh, he officially told me uh, is to is to go to the manufacturer, either BMW or whatever, because the matte finish paint is cool. There's no doubt about it. It's it's an awesome looking. It,
0: it. it does offer up a kind of a unique, different look on no a car. Doubt. And one of the themes at SEMA, and I know we're at Mobile Tech right now, but at SEMA, it's, I was amazed at how many cars had contrasting paints, like matte and gloss, mm-hmm. on the same car. It seemed like a major trend. It does. Well,
3: you know, and it's, if I may you know, mention a company, Dr. Beasley.
0: I was just about... I Dr. Was, Beasley's I, I, of
3: Chicago. I no, just no, said that. Do we know anybody, Dr. For, uh, matte
4: finishes. Talk, talk a little bit about your paint, uh, your matte well, paint first, I, I'm amazed when we were talking about these uh, scratch-resistant finishes of shiny cars, how little... The OEMs and the paint makers, they don't share with us. Yeah. We've had the f- same thing with Matt. I mean, what do the man- manufacturers say about Matt, how to take care of it? Not much. Sometimes they just say, clean it with water. Yeah. You can't clean a car efficiently or well with water. Only. and, and Only. Yeah. And um, But these paint makers, they have this information, but they're just not... Sharing It's the not stuff trickling with us.
1: down. You got to go in the forums and read and figure out what yeah, the problems and we're are. And to,
4: we're detectives. We're working backwards on how to do all this.
1: Totally. Stuff. Absolutely agree.
4: So, the key thing for Matt is to protect it so you don't have those scratch issues, staining, etching, and you got to make sure it's protected. Um, it's more about being preventative yeah. than reactive.
1: And at the end of the day, uh, for people listening, obviously, you don't polish or do any sort of abrasive on matte Finish. That's a good point. You can have a very polka dotted. Uh, you know, car. You can have shiny, matte, 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 shiny, and you can figure out where somebody buffed a car. I'm sure that's happened in the past. I'm sh- I think you said in your seminar you were talking about that. Yeah, okay. somebody.
3: This another question, just kind of go towards Doctor Beasley's. <laughs> uh, what about you know the new the new thing uh, is Plasti Dip. You know, a lot yeah. of people Plasti Dip in their vehicles. Have you? I, I haven't used your product on Plasti Dip. Have you? Have you guys played around with it yet?
4: Um, Many of our customers have played around with our product on that. And what's the beautiful thing about our product is it doesn't enhance. So with with Placidip, it's an invisible shield. So as long as the protection is there, they've been very happy with the protection. It does work on that. That's good to know. And it's not not changing the way the OEM wanted it to look.
2: Didn't Didn't you get the matte finish? Isn't that
4: an approved product for one of the OEM manufacturers? Yeah. I mean, our product has been looked at and approved by Hyundai. Uh, through their testing centers and they tested several other matte products and they liked ours the best and uh, so we were awarded in 2013 in their hyundai veloster our product our kit goes in every single one of their cars matte cars that they sell that's awesome and i just found out that they continued it so 2014 their matte veloster so you're
1: rich so that's what you're telling me.
4: Well, three we percent. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, there's only three percent of people want uh, who order a Matt Veloster. Three three percent get that car. All right. So okay. Not a big
5: number. No. Not, not a huge number. No. We were talking though too. I thought it was interesting. Collective amongst the group, we were talking about Matt finish doesn't age well. So it's brand new. It looks wicked, right? I mean, it's like when yeah. it's painted right. The other thing we were talking about because if it's it's aftermarket, and they get dirt in the matte finish. You can't solve that problem. So it's like matte finish that actually has to be... I mean, it's really got to be painted in a virgin a factory, paint yeah. perfectly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then after a couple of years, it kind of loses that matte finish pop, and it kind of looks dead. I disagree dead.
4: with you. Only yeah. because it's been neglected. Uh, just okay. like a shiny car. If it's we been neglected... Would be a Dr. Beasley's product we can use? Dr. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no. I mean, yes. <laughs> you, you teed that it's up well, exterior, Bob. But it's
4: just, like that any was other car. Car. it's just like getting in the car. you got to... Maintain it. Yeah. And if you don't, we have our product on cars that are three, four years old, and they look beautiful.
5: That sounds to me like not, le- not enough people are buying your product to protect their cars, right?
1: <laughs> if we say his name one more time, Dr. Beasley, I get 10% of all sales. <laughs> that of here. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's, let's keep talking on the AmoNYC NYC uh, website. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're up, Bob. Tell me a little bit about um, solvent-based dressings versus water-based dressings. It's kind of like my big thing I love to talk about, and I know you're a manufacturer. Is that, am I throwing you a softball or I just throw you a curveball? There? No,
5: you're not throwing me a softball, but maybe you could narrow it down a little bit. It's a big category, right? All right.
1: Do you know that, like, in terms of the history of, you know, there was heptane and hexane, and maybe, Jason, you know, I'm sure about this, and the the past of, uh, you know, it's a volatile chemical, so you'd put it on, and it would evaporate, meaning volatile, and it would the shine would stay, the silicone would stay, but... There was one massive downside it was a uh, carcinogenic and causing people to
5: right uh, obviously you're referring to the types of solvents that are used in the manufacturing of uh, solvent-based tire dressing years ago um, years ago and and to, to explain to kind of everybody out there that solvent-based tire dressing is a blend of solvent and silicone solvent is the carrying agent that when you spray it it gets on the tire the solvent evaporates leaving the silicone on the tire it was a very simple concept Manufacturers They color it typically blue and, you know, put a cherry or a watermelon fragrance in it. Um, it. Heptane or hexane was very popular and is still used today. Because you know? it works. It just because has it a works. horrible downside. As a matter of fact, I've got to tell you a funny story. Today on the show floor, I'm dressing tires. I'm like, this is a hexane dressing right here that I'm using, you know. Really? Yeah, because the thing about hexane, you, you know, uh, you can tell it's automatically hexane because when you spray it, and it's got a very distinct odor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a yeah. sweet, you know, odor. Yeah. And then also, if you put your finger in hexane or heptane dressing and you pull it out, your finger is instantly cold. And the reason that's happening is the solvent is evaporating so quick. Oh. Ah. So, um, so typically, you know, as a manufacturer, it's not really responsible to use hexane or heptane anymore because, number one, it's what our dad... Told us was white gas, right? So basically, it's extremely, extremely flammable. So really, today you want to use low vapor pressure solvents or VOC compliant solvents as the carrying agent. At the end of the day, the dressing is still the same, but the solvent evaporates slower. Uh, a lot of the benefits to companies, you know, is that you can ship it. It's not a DOT hazard. It's not necessarily flammable. So there's a lot of benefits you know to that to not use hexane or heptane anymore but the problem is detailers you know high volume detailers love hexane or heptane because it evaporates so quick we don't get runs on the tire
1: this is true this is true when when, you know when i was manufacturing uh, a while back when i first started i thought it'd be really cool to just take uh like pure silicone like straight out of the 55 gallon drum like yeah I'm going to be a gangster and put 100% silicone on How'd my tire. How'd that work out? It didn't work out too well. <laughs> so a solvent is something that actually transfers the silicone onto the tire. Right. I remember thinking to myself, wow, I just put like $10 worth of tire shine on each tire. <laughs> right. I was like, I am a gangster right now. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah, it didn't work out too well.
5: I think the cool thing about what you asked, the water-based, and I think one of the things that manufacturers over the last 5 to 10 years, because of VOC regulations, they've had to direct their attention too, mm. you know, water-based. Prior to that, we just got lazy and we sold the same old solvent-based dressing because that's what people would buy. But now, because of the cost of solvent and all those things, those things get more expensive. Uh, water is essentially free, so we can make a more cost-effective dressing. And water-based dressing technology has come a long way from where it was. Typically, right. you know, we had just right. water and emulsion dressings, and now you know, we have so gels so and all kinds of solvent, stuff so yeah. that, that, quite frankly um you know it, it's really a manufacturer's job to convince the detailer that these are better they're much better yeah. i mean the old adage where you know i, I don't use a water-based dressing because it washes off my tire that, that's gone now because yeah. manufacturers aren't necessarily making you know 100 pure emulsions they're making yeah. gels where the silicone's encapsulated in water and when you put it on the tire surface the silicone sticks to the tire and then the water just beads off and runs so realistically they're better in a wet environment they're better for the environment and actually from a detailer's perspective you hand apply those things you don't get the sling i mean there's so many benefits to that yeah but the reality of it is detailers by nature tend to be a little lazy so (laughs) they like to spray things so as much as we like to you know promote a wipe applied gel dressing at times solvent silicon well i think you know bob
0: another thing that's helping right now detailers with that transition you talked about going from solvent-based dressing more to water-based dressings the the consumers are actually helping with that because one of the trends right now is you know dressing a tire used to be the norm was greasy wet slimy look on a tire right and that's the way we did it but now consumer preferences are leaning more on not so much a matte look on a tire but a semi-gloss or a satin gloss not the greasy wet look. That's sort of tires. like the
1: interiors. Remember back in the yeah. day, interior slip and slide. I mean, you were the man if you had your white hat on and your right. socks yeah. pulled up or whatever. Yeah. And greasy
5: interiors. Oh, it's here it we the whole thing. We you want to? Ding ding ding, vanilla ice, baby. That's it. Yeah. So it's yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between you know, uh, you want the car to look clean, you know, not dressed, right? So I mean, yeah. you know, you can typically, you know, the 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 celebrity detailer. Right? Oh what I'm sitting with here. Yeah. Um, we want to create just a quality, we want the car to look new, restored, yeah. and fresh, not detailed, not not glossy. So yeah. you know, that's you're right. Slippery dressing is yeah. you know, you want the tires just to look original, not right. I like
1: it gloss. with a little bit a little bit of hey, I put some effort into it, but not like dripping
3: where it's you the know the other fr- thing that's happening is even at the concourse level, if you go in and you're being judged at a show. Is they're going to take that white glove across that tire, and if they're pulling stuff off, it better not come yeah. off. And now the new generation is—that's pretty awesome, you know. I mean, you're you're getting a nice look uh, without all the goop. You know, I grew up. I grew up in L.A., man. I want my tires shiny. I mean, I want them to. My when when, when my Chevelle's in a parade, mm-hmm. you know, in a home parade, uh,
1: and it's an inch off the ground, bouncing. Oh, dang, dude. Yeah, I mean,
3: my tires—the the the glossiest part of my whole car is my tires.
1: Yeah, I talked to a bunch of guys, um, one of the uh, judges at Pebble Beach, and they talked about how the categories themselves, and I can't remember which one is which, but the point is, from Ferrari, let's say, to Porsche, they'll be judged differently on originality versus, oh, yeah, I think Porsche was the one that wasn't as original. Let's say Ferrari, they wanted patina, they wanted... No tire shine. They wanted it original, mm-hmm. but but not shiny. On the other side, I think it was Porsche. So don't you know? I can't remember. But the guy was saying, you know, we, we let things like that go. We don't mind to have, uh, you know, mind to have a uh, you know tire shine on or whatever. So it really is based on you know if you're being judged or in this case personal preference. But you
3: know, Larry, you mentioned something that's really important. Is that there's a lot of detailers that are going out there. Maybe they're young. Um, or maybe they're just older and dumb like me, but patina is a word that you. A lot of us will go in and we want perfection. We want it. We want zero imperfection, or, or, we 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 want to have it just as perfect as we can get it. But a lot of cars are judged now where they want that patina. They want to show it that it's worn a little. Original. bit. Original. They want original. Exactly. So you got to be real careful if you're a, if you're a detailer and you're going out and you're marketing to collectors. And you, Larry, you you know this better than anybody. You got to be real careful of not bringing that up as a hot topic Is hey, man, I can, I can take all these scratches off this car because that's part of the beauty to that owner is yeah. it's, it's been. You're,
1: really you're so right. I, I talk to some of my, you know, crazy owners and I say, hey, I can touch that up. And he looks at me and goes, are you out of your mind? That that, that that scratch was from the twenty-five hour Le Mans in 1969. He's like, you're not touching that up. That, he's like, that's battle scars. That's a wound yeah, from that's, such and such.
3: That, that's a great topic. So if you're a young detailer, you need, to, you need to pay attention to that.
1: Yeah, when you're doing super cars like that or, you know, people who really cherish that particular uh, patina, I, I always say, you know, they pay, you know, us as detailers to not touch the car. So, yeah. I said it's much harder to not touch it. Them to touch it it's it's easy to throw stuff on there in a wheel car or whatever but the difference is looking at it being like a doctor and saying hey i have like an oath here to to do the right thing on this car it's not just to put the blinders on and i always put my hands on when i'm doing the videos going i uh cookie cutter cookie cutter just step one step two so that's uh that's a big thing and we always seem to talk about i'm transitioning here we always seem to talk about um exterior everything's exterior got to have bling bling we have to have tires talk a little bit about the interior i know you're saying uh yesterday mcguire's is going to start focusing more on interiors and then i know you chimed in rennie about some weird i don't even know what it was uh, a prius or something that has got some funky things or whatever so set the stage a little bit for what what you what mcguire sees coming down the road for interiors
0: well interiors is uh, an area of the car like other areas of the car that are changing rapidly the materials and surfaces and things on uh, late model cars are constantly getting hit with new new materials the detailers may not be used to working with um so you know at mcguire's we're we're trying to stay on top of things and we're trying to work with the car manufacturers and hopefully try and get a little heads up on some of these changes so you know we can have products and processes that if if the need is there to address new technology for these new surfaces um but you know as a company we we just realized on the paint side of it we um we spend a lot of time in development and you know, worked a lot, lot of time and products on uh, the making the paint look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're—it's a hot topic. Everybody, is, that's the thing yeah, you I mean, see. I a, yeah, detailers. Uh, that seems to be the the area that they focus on when they want education and want training. They instantly go first to the paint. You know, paint corrections where it's at. But um, probably where the t- least
1: amount of money is made as well, which is kind of ironic. The most time spent.
5: What's interesting about interiors, though, when you talk to the everyday detailer, which we all sell a lot of products to, right,
0: yeah.
5: um, you know, their battle is really the interior. Yeah. Because the exterior on a car that's two, three, four years old is probably in pretty good shape. It's the family. It's the kids. It's yeah. the dog that spends the time on exactly. in the interior. Exactly. Well, interior. think
3: about this conversation. Yeah. Think about we just talked about, okay, let's go back and paint evolution. We had ceramic careers come out How? In what year 2005 2006 um audi seven, and mercedes seven
0: somewhere yeah, early in there. early 2000 yeah yeah started. so
3: so go back that far then we had we had we had nissan play around with the uh the self-healing
1: um yeah bmw frozen paint in uh 2010 yeah. or 11. bingo
3: interior surfaces change every model year
1: but they're boring to talk about, except on this podcast.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, its interior surfaces change with every model year. There's a new material in a car every model year. And it's more scientific to figure out how not to damage those interiors yeah. at this point than it is scientific on the outside. That's yeah.
1: true. What was that paint that you were t- – I mean, the interior – I even said you know, paint. Jeez Louise. The Interesting.
3: The it's a 2013 Toyota Prius. Came out with a vinyl-ish – leatherish interior and immediately upon release Toyota put an announcement out do not use leather cleaner or conditioner on it because it gums the surface up indefinitely and then they came out with another release and says you know you can only we only suggest Toyota based cleaners so we ran out of the Toyota store and said we need some they said we don't have any and I said well can you order it no we don't have any it's not made Hmm. And I said, "Well, what do we use?" And they said, "Water." So if hmm. you're gonna if you're working on a 2013 Prius, note to self, don't put leather conditioner on it.
1: Don't le- put leather conditioner. Or no, it.
3: no. You're you're advised from Toyota right now. So yours truly, we went and found a, a wrecked one, and uh, I didn't want to buy the seat, so I went to uh, wreck apart and uh, took some conditioner in my hand, and we found they had a 2013 wrecked one. So I went and pried the door open and rubbed it down with leather conditioner and uh, proceeded to ruin the seat mm-hmm. in one spot and I couldn't get it off wouldn't that be
5: s- an indication of the defective of the coating right I mean if it, they, well, I yeah. mean it was all leathers coated in the car it sounds I, to yeah. me like well, something
1: something it, wasn't and, right
3: and, and, and they clearly said it was not a leather and it was not a vinyl it was a flannel, or I mean it was they had some funky leather
1: leather yeah it. it was
3: it was something they had a you know a, a nickname for it that they called it. I don't know if the 2014s have got it. So, But, you know, that's more and more. We were just in with Chrysler, and, and they've got a situation where the, the, the seat's coming out and the Chrysler's for next year, the 2015s. If you think sports seating's bad right now, <laughs> wait until you see what the Chrysler Jeep, Dodges, and Ford, including Ford. Ford's doing the same material because they save $13 a car.
1: What, what are you talking? Is it Alcantara-ish or is it no, leather-ish? No, it's, it's
3: is a, it? a uh, sports seating. Is, it's just a tight-weave material. It's a tight-weave fabric. And Probably a microfiber. yeah, and fabric blend. that
5: gets the, the water stain in it, you yeah. can't get out, yeah.
3: right? if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a sweater, uh, buy, if you sweat profusely, buy leather. Scotty. Buy leather. Scotty. Scotty. Why
2: would, why would I be brought up with that? That's
3: because we're the visual. fat guys and they aimed but it towards do us. <laughs> do you? you?
2: To get at? I had a question, though. With respect to those uh, Prius seats you're talking about, you can't put a leather conditioner on there. Could you put a
3: leather protectant on that seat, interesting. Okay, and we we'll, we're talking with we got some manufacturers here. So we, we took and we put a we put three different levels of, of leather product on it. We put a basic uh, Meguiar's leather cleaner conditioner on it and it, it gummed it up. Um,
0: we put a that was not our fault. No, no, no. and it wasn't. I was not was. should have pulled the Meguiar's <laughs> out. Of there.
3: Then,
0: was that uh, a Doctor Beasley's yeah, leather no, cleaner oh, yeah. conditioner? Yeah, yeah. Then we <laughs> took
3: and we used in defense of that we put a mother's we put a mother's product on it and it did the same exact thing. And then we put a high
0: that was their fault. Oh, sorry, that <laughs> no. And then we put <laughs> nobody ed- from mothers ed- ed- there. that, part, ed- that part.
3: And, then, and then we put a very high end um, uh, product on there from Leather Masters, uh, and mm. it, it it did the same exact thing.
0: So across the board variety of products, it was still you it know was, doing tr- a negative effect it on was. the material. So would
2: you be able to put a product such as uh, 303 Protectant? On that seat and have that have that same kind of an effect. Try it. And let me know. Wow, we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. No, I don't know. I really don't know. I know we. One of our guys had a problem, and then Jim Gogan that's sitting over here. He's, he just got voted uh, man of the year for the for the MTE. Second um, year running. Second year running. Second year running. Second year running. Year running. Um, he he took an, uh he actually got the ear of a Toyota executive, and that's where we got the tip off. Uh, so Jim Gogan's the the one that we've got to take, and and uh, that, that's what I was trying to tell you earlier, and you didn't read sign language. So, Scott, I was
5: going to say, though, the, I would say from your to answer your question, most likely, yes, it would probably do the same thing. Because although those products may be named differently, branded differently, blended differently, mm, they probably all have very similar ingredients. So if one would do it, probably most of them would do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: Is it- everybody's looking at me is this when i talk again yeah yeah, you gotta tell this is great you guys are having a conversation i went i went to the bathroom i went to sleep for a few minutes This is great (laughs) Uh, i got another question for you a big one that i get on uh on uh you know my emails is the difference and this is geared towards you mr rose the difference between diminishing and non-diminishing
0: oh you get that question huh
1: i get that a lot what they say i don't understand what that means What's uh, aluminum oxide? It's Jason's hairline.
2: It's in a diminishing <laughs> state. <laughs> oh no! Th- these from- comments are flying and not in my direction. <laughs> for the last five I'm ba- minutes,
3: I'm bald, so I can say that.
5: As a human male, we don't su- support anything that diminishes, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's right. Does wow? Now, how do you even I don't- answer after that? Yeah. So here is my answer. If they have that question, they really should have been here at Mobile Tech Expo. Oh, nice! And gone, gone to the seminars because there was lots of education being offered here. This is true. Bam! That's it. That's it. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. All right, now I am of. Too
5: big a topic to discuss.
1: <laughs> oh, all right, all right, fine. Let's see what else we can talk about. Uh, another big question I get is paint hardness. How do you tell if paint is hard or soft? A lot of people. And in your uh, well, when
0: you rub it, it, oh, never mind. (laughs) If it becomes hard, yeah. Was there was there a line that just crossed?
1: Uh, No, no, no. It's fine. We're we're looking at the line, but we haven't crossed it yet. (laughs) we can see the line.
6: Put your left foot in.
1: (laughs) So, oh, oh, yes. Oh no no, we're now shifting our focus from Jim because he's uh, endured a lot of uh, torture. Now it's going to Richard Lynn. Yes, from Black Wow, featured in the SEMA in the uh, episode on uh, oh, YouTube. Yes. Thank you, Larry. Yes, that microphone is your friend. Don't get scared it's of my it. friend. Yes. Okay. So Thank we're you. all staring at you. What do you have to say? Everyone's listening to you right now. There's oh thousands goodness. of people listening to you right now.
6: Oh, my goodness. I am under pressure. Hi, I'm Richard. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Richard, I Richard
6: is having a panic attack. Right? <laughs> right. I know plastics. Yeah, know tell us a little too. bit
1: about your Black Wow. We've been pitching too. the heck out of Dr. Beasley. Ammo what? Tell me about Blackwell.
6: Wow. <laughs> uh, what do you want me to talk about? Um, the product
1: that's on your shirt.
6: Oh, the product. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Can you be more direct, Larry? Uh, yes. Blackwell Wow Pro. Um, in simple, it's a new product that we released at SEMA. Uh, this year, and um, it's a product for detailers, a pro- product that was made for professional detailers. Um, the idea being I wanted a very long-lasting silicone-type dressing, which I know is frowned upon um, in, in by, by many. Um, but I happen to like them, and I happen to be maybe the kind of person who uh, is the underdog or goes for the underdog and says, you know what, I like silicone products because I think they're a wonderful pr- type of products. There are a lot of benefits uh, to using them, and uh, so I tend to be a proponent of them. Um, Yes, they can be slippery, and yes, they can attract dust, and they can do all kinds of horrible things. Uh, But uh, but my—that's a hell of a sales (laughs) (laughs) pitch. I mean, I want to (laughs) buy. But Blackwell Pro doesn't doesn't have all of those feet. Doesn't have those negatives. So um, when we formulated it, it was meant to be. A product that had a target durability of four to six months, and it's for restoring pretty much any color plastic. It doesn't use any dyes. Um, And it's just a really good all-around type of uh, more of a restorer than a dressing. Um, I found that we can spray it on. We can use an airbrush. We can put it into a a can. We can uh, brush it on. We can use an applicator. It's extremely flexible in how we apply it. Uh, Pretty cool. The most important question that
2: most detailers are going to ask, though, Richard, does it smell nice oh it mm-hmm. smells wonderful
1: how does it taste it
6: <laughs> doesn't taste good oh it doesn't <laughs>
1: taste good oh, okay i just want to make sure
6: watermelon dollar ranchers that's 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 that's, is.
1: that's the all right all right one last technical question before we go into uh our last little part here again for you and you have to answer this one this time oh lighting i really i was like you lighting remember we talked about lighting oh, lighting the, yes okay. not lightning but yeah. lighting how, how to light uh, Paints so that you can actually see if there's a scratch. And you talked about uh, removing blue and green lights and going for
0: oh, the color corrected bulbs. Yes. Yeah, that's probably the the easiest and quick quickest path to getting you know decent light for a car because you can find these bulbs anywhere, Home Depot or you know. But basically, you're looking for color corrected or daylight corrected bulbs, and uh, it's it's managing you know certain points of the the spectrum of light and taking some of those colors out and leaving some in um that you know help us look for defects on clear coats and um but that's that's probably the easy simple way for detailers there are other technologies i think you know richard you did some work on that and rennie you've done some research on that what does um, everybody
1: use does everybody use the uh brinkman or oh, right on my head you guys, are you a brinkman richard what do you use
6: I have my own set of lights that, that we build. Uh, they're basically 55-watt, uh, 7,000-Kelvin uh, lights, and LED lights. Uh, very, very bright, very, very cold, hard on the eyes. Well, hard on the eyes, great for showing defects. Um, it's
1: just like Rennie, hard on the eyes.
6: <laughs> oh, you see,
1: man. you see what I did for you there. I was gonna, I was gonna toss you in there, and I there saw him. I was like, you know, what? <laughs>
2: there's a lot of fuel going on this fire all around the table tonight. <laughs> We're
5: getting cranky. We need to leave.
2: Yeah. I think at this point, Larry, you're gonna
5: start to receive some love back from the audience.
2: You, so, you like hey, that?
1: Hey,
5: Richard, I have a question for you. So, Mobile Tech Expo. These guys got co- a lot of cool lights, right? Lights on stands. Oh, for dent guys. Oh, yeah, for dent guys. I yeah. mean, how, are those lights applicable to
6: detailing? Not really. I mean, the thing is that for most of the lights that we're – well, see, okay, 99.9% of the work that we do at the shop is all correction work. So we're lighting up swirls and lighting up defects. And all of those lights, like, you know, for – at least for what I've seen uh, for the mobile work, it's all about casting a light or – you're basically looking at a reflection. And you're looking at the reflection so you can straighten out the, the paint. But it's not looking at the quality of the paint. Um, I actually found some interesting things. Is when I was building my lights, everyone has a reflector that's silver. You know, that's it's just a standard reflective re- reflector. Um, and reflectors are designed to spread the light. You have a bulb and you want to you know, you have a, you know, a parabolic mirror, mirror, basically, to shoot the light out, so cast further. But when we're looking at defects, we're not correcting, we're, we don't care about the light that's casted out. We're looking at the, the light source. The light source is reflected in the paint and we're looking at the quality of the, of, the, of the paint in that reflection. So what I found was that um, with my lights, I actually powder coat the reflectors a, a white, a gloss white, um, and I've done comparisons between looking at the same defects with a white reflector versus a silver reflector. And then I, you know, I went into Photoshop and removed the color and did different things, and you could tell that there were a lot more visible defects using a white reflector than a silver reflector. Um, a simple little change, um I learned but something there. you know it's all about trying to enhance the detail. It's all about education them, baby. Right?
4: Um, so yeah. that's cool. That's so really cool. Yeah.
1: So Jason, you were saying no fluorescent and no halogen. Is that correct?
0: Uh, no, no. I uh, fluorescents I think if they're color corrected they can they can work fine in a shot. 6500K. Yeah. So
3: 55 to 6500K.
0: I think what you're remembering Larry was my comment about halogens. I don't uh, as when I'm detailing um I don't like halogens because they're a radiant light. They radiate the panel, and it actually, you know, warms up and heats the paint. And uh, I'm not a fan of that. You know, I don't want my panel radiated while I'm buffing on it. We were just it.
3: having a conversation about the gas stations. Who, I don't know if that was this group, but you and I, Jason, talked yeah. about it a little, yeah, yeah. little bit. We just had uh, gas stations are going over to uh, low-voltage 20, 30-watt LEDs, LEDs. LEDs, yeah. And there's a gas station right near my shop. And they just switched them over. So when I'm doing a, a high-end paint correction, I run the car down to, to the, the, gas the gas station. station. No kidding, <laughs> at night. because you can see everything at night. You can see absolutely everything. So um, it, 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 there's some creative ways. The other thing, some some of the metal, metal halide uh, lights that they use in parking lots, especially uh, older Walmart stores, mm-hmm. um, man, they're hot. You know, for all the reasons. But those lights are really good at illuminating because, to Richard's point, it's a pure. It's a pure white light and that's probably why you're getting such good results off of your off your reflectors. Hey, what's a, if, if can we talk price on what your lights go for?
6: I, I actually put my lights together for about one hundred and thirty dollars, and the, the one hundred and thirty dollar price point was basically it 's a stand it 's a light that 's ready to go to be mounted on a stand the setup that i 've developed i mean I, I actually I come from the video industry, so that 's part of my background yeah. so I have a lot of uh, of light stands and i 've had for well over twenty years that you know, they work great. They last forever. So I found a, an 8-foot column stand from them that allows me to position a light anywhere from the ground all the way up to 8 feet high. And on this thing, I can mount multiple arms and multiple lights on them. And I can also mount uh, C-stand extension arms to pull these lights and put them over the hood or over the roof of a car. Um, and with multiple lights, I can mount a light down low and, and, and a couple lights up high. And so you have multiple light sources all from one stand that can all be adjustable.
3: Which is nice because you get that angle. can look at the you can't look at the paint straight on right correct you got to have it you know i mean i've heard reports out there you probably know uh 20 20 degrees 30 degrees 40 degrees uh of angle and uh the opposite side so
0: well i've had the privilege of being at richard's shop and um, experiencing those lights he's talking about and they really do work and you can see everything that the you know the detailer has uh, specific needs when it comes to looking at paint it's not like off-the-shelf lights yeah. that you know and and what he's done is is kind of met the need with specific type lighting and uh and a stand that accommodates flexibility uh so it really worked i've been in a shop and looked at the paint and you can see everything you need to see and it's interesting how you
1: know detailers
0: versus dent guys
1: they're all about lights completely different light setups. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I different think, angles, different type lights.
6: Yeah, different PDR purposes. guys
1: have like, don't they have something over it or whatever? I'm not a PDR guy, obviously, but there's
6: like a, it's a, yeah. like a coloring. They have a stripe that's on there, or a fog board is also what they call it. I mean, uh, oh yeah, they use that to see where the basically how straight the panel is. So if there's dents in the panel, the, the, the line or the fog board's going to wave, so that they know that when they're straightening it or when the panel straight. Yeah,
1: but they put something over the light, so it's like a it's little kind of diffused. Uh, a yeah, diffused exactly. Right. Otherwise, it'd be blinding them, yeah. and then yeah, that That's makes sense. Correct. It's pretty interesting how both of our industries need light, but completely yeah. different.
6: I've ways. looked into using their light and their light stands. They have some pretty innovative light stands that are for mobile use, um, but they tend to be for our needs where we need to mount basically heavy lights at different angles because I found that if you take a light and you mount it, um, say, uh, let's say you're lighting up the side of the car and you have a traditional work lamp, that's great. It'll show up all the defects, but you take that same lamp, you mount it up high at the same, you know, facing straight towards the car, and you try to look at defects in the roof or in the hood, you're not going to see as many defects or you may even see no defects. It really just depends on the angle. The, the light really needs to be facing directly the surface um, of the paint. And uh, and so being able to position a light directly over that surface is is really important, and that's why I'm working on another light. Oh man! And another, this next light I'm working on, which I'm letting the cat out of the bag, I'm is, getting
1: rev share on all this stuff, <laughs> by the
6: way, guys. So go ahead. Uh, I'm working on and an basically an, an I next, love it. and this is kind of mixing my my nerdiness, geekiness, along with uh, with lights, um, and I'm, I'm working on a joystick uh, positionable light, something that I can mount over my cars, so I can a have a joystick. You got to. Explain. Imagine. You can't just say joystick light. Scar. Okay,
1: we're out of here.
3: On. I'm like a squirrel. He's oh my got a gosh. scar. Oh, I need one.
1: Oh my gosh,
6: Keith, say hi, Keith. Hey
5: guys, how are you
6: doing? Oh yeah, nobody picked that up at all. Never mind. He said hi. <laughs> Keep going. So yeah, imagine that if, you, if when you're working on a car, you want to be able to put that light anywhere you can. You can. You can. If you're on a, with a traditional light stands, you're moving the light around. You've got cords on the floor. There are always things to trip over. There are things that are always in the way. Um, so you know. You still have to move your body unless you're, you can move the light everywhere you want it to be. So my idea was for the all the horizontal surfaces for the hood and for the roof and the trunk um, is basically have, because I have a shop, I can do this, is the amount of light system that allows me to position the light horizontally in any position across the car or front to back of the car.
1: So what you're saying is... A no, like remote-controlled
6: light is what it is. Okay. <laughs> it's
3: almost almost a, 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 on, a, on a track, is that what Correct. you're talking about? That's cool. Correct. Hey, we need to, I'd love to talk to you about, it. We're, we're, we are just finishing up our remodel in our studio, yeah. hmm. and uh, I'd love to talk to you before, I mean, here in the next 10, 15 days, we want to start installing. Cool. So that might be a great, and then I can give a full report back and take some pretty pictures.
1: NYC just connecting everybody. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you feel <laughs> the love in the room God, right you now? just
3: know. are. A, you should be a matchmaker.
1: I, you know, something else. All right, well, we're at time. We're at about 55 minutes, which our average listening time is 56 minutes. So this is perfect timing. I want to thank everybody for coming on the New York uh, – Almost, I almost said the New York Motor Club. Oh, my gosh. Scott, you know what I'm talking about. That's my old, old, old uh, driving You learned club. that
5: yesterday in your seminar.
1: That's right, in my seminar. We didn't even talk about that. That's the That's whole the thing. the New
5: York Motoring Company
1: hat. New, the New York Motor Club hat, yeah, it's left yeah. in the uh, in, in my room there. So the AMO NYC podcast, number 13. Uh, this is where we do our plugs, gentlemen. Yeah keep them short and sweet and i'm watching you you got enough plugs there dr beasley go ahead
5: uh bob phillips pns sales detail products Thank you for having me, Larry. Appreciate it.
1: Well, that was boring. You have a Facebook page? Do you have Twitter? I got a
5: Facebook page. I got a website. Could you tell them what, what it is? Uh, let's see. PNSA. Our website is www.psales.com.
1: Don't say WW for the rest I'm of you. Everybody sorry. knows it's W. <laughs> you know what? You're canceled. I'm, I'm a rookie, right? You're canceled. You're
4: showing your age.
1: What? You can edit that out. I, oh, no, I'm not editing that out. That's perfect. That's We love that. All right. You. You can only say Doctor Beasley once. Go ahead. I'm gonna
4: <laughs> say. Jim LeFever, Doctor Be- Beasley's. Search Matt Paint and you'll find me.
1: That's true. That's true.
6: All right, Richard Lynn, go by Octane name, Octane guy on the forums. Showcarddetailing.com. It's my website. Uh, I also uh, Blackwell.com are my products.
1: Something else. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if we needed uh, yeah, on, something for fun. Jason Rose. It, uh, that's exactly.
6: It's
2: Jason me. Needs no introduction. It,
0: it, Jason Rose McGuire's. Uh, my CB handle is the Wax Man. In case you're wondering. Um, Our website (laughs) is Breaker Breaker uh, Breaker uh, Breaker uh, 19 I have to ask a question
2: When is the last time legitimately Anybody actually used a CB
0: I'm a jeep guy I use a CB all the time Okay McGuire's dot com Thank you very much Awesome Scotty hit it But make sure you're talking To the microphone I'm trying Very trying He's Canadian
2: Give him a break
1: We have to speak slower For him
2: Scotty Perkins, Scotty Shine Shop, London, Ontario, the center of the detailing universe. Oh, my God. And 2014 International Detailing Association, <laughs> Detail Shop there of the go. Year Award winner. I'm
1: putting music over that when you go. <laughs>
3: and
1: then Rennie Doyle.
3: www.shineshop.ca. That's good. Hey, Rennie Doyle, uh, detailer of Air Force One. Uh, we train. Detailing Detailingsuccess.com. We'd love to talk to you about your future.
1: Yes, if you want to get trained, Rennie's the man.
3: Didn't say trained at what,
1: Uh, though. That's true. (laughs) That's true. You're in uh, California, right? SoCal. And Richard, you're in California? I'm in Orange County. And Jason's in California?
6: Yes.
1: Yes. Dr. Beasley? Chicago, Illinois. And Bob, you're in where?
5: San Francisco, California.
1: Yeah, nobody heard that. That was San Francisco, California. And, of course, amonyc.com. You can visit me at amonyc.com. I want to thank uh, TST, The Smoking Tire, ShoutEngine.com, Jalopnik.com. Make sure you uh, check them out. We have a a Kinja page on there, so anything that I post on YouTube gets redirected to Jalopnik, which is super helpful. Thank everybody who's uh, involved. And, of course, the Mobile Tech Expo. Kevin, he's been super helpful for us uh, putting a bunch of things on here. For uh, amonyc.com, I I want to thank everybody uh, for listening, and uh, we'll be back Next week, or every two weeks, with podcast number 14. All right, we're out of here. Thanks, guys.